Vicki, come on up this morning. I just wanted to share, um, this is a song that God gave me, um, and in Isaiah 40, 31, it talks about those who wait upon the Lord will be renewed in strength, and I used to think that, like, that meant that if I waited long enough that God would bring me what I needed, what I, like, what I wanted, and sorry, some, sometimes what I want to say doesn't always come out right, but what I'm trying to say is that those who spiritually are joined up with God, he does bring you what you need. Not always what you want, but what you need. And I read something that said that the word wait in that scripture is the Hebrew word for kavah, and it means to, to be confident, to wait, to expect, and to be joined. So in this life, that's wonderful if you're in a place where you are running the race with endurance and, and everything's going smoothly. That's awesome. Um, and so in, in that circumstance, you should fly continually with endurance running your race. So that means keep running, keep going. There are people watching you. And let your praises fly, your hands, your, your voice. He's worthy. And for me to fly does not, I haven't gotten my strength back. I'm not running. But I know what it means to spiritually be running. We keep pressing on. And those who wait upon the Lord will be renewed in strength. And so for this song, flying I'm going to continue to let sparks fly. I want to show other people the Jesus that lives in me and the Jesus that gives me strength to keep going and fly. And just one more thing, eagles, this is kind of cool. They have a like an invisible eyelid that helps them to stare at the sun, which I think is pretty cool. Spiritually, we can keep looking both past the heat, but also through physical junk, I can continue to look at my Savior and put those spiritual eyes on in spite of whatever I'm facing. And also an eagle is the only bird that uses storms to propel it higher. It literally goes above the storm and it continues to fly. So it's not afraid of the storm and it keeps rising higher and higher. And so I'm going to keep flying in my race and then one day I'm going to fly to him and, and keep praising them. It might be easier to just quit, to let go and hit the bottom. But because of Jesus, I'm going to get up. Because of him, I'll embrace tomorrow. Joy is something he gave. 
No trouble can take it away. In spite of my flesh and my weakness, He keeps my lamp filled and His oil sparks the flame. So I'm gonna fly, fly, fly. I'm gonna soar. I'm gonna ride on wings.
Hawks from the sideline.
and Bondi, come on up this morning. I'm going to let the glory roll when the roll is called in glory. Why do we have to wait? I'm going to get beside myself when I get beside the king that day. I'm going to have a time of my life when the time of my life is over. Why do we have to wait? I'm going to get carried away when I get carried away. can shout about the love that floods my soul. I must confess I can't express feelings deep inside me, but the things I know and cannot show one day will overflow. I'm gonna let the glory roll when the roll is called in glory. Yeah, I'm gonna get beside of myself when I get beside the king that day. I'm gonna have the time of my life when the time of my life is over. like rain when i leave this world touch the streets of pearl and stand before the savior i'll let my soul let the glory roll with the roll he calls my name how about today oh i'm gonna get carried away i'm gonna let the glory roll when the roll is called in glory oh i'm gonna get beside myself when i get beside the king that day I'm gonna have the time of my life when the time of my life is over. I'm gonna get carried away when I get carried away. I'm gonna let the glory roll when the roll is called in glory. I'm gonna get beside myself when I get beside the king that day. I'm gonna have the time of my life when the time of my life is over.
No one gave me time of day. Look deep inside while the rest of the world looked away. You smiled at me when there were just frowns everywhere. You gave me love when nobody. Nobody gave me 
offering today. I know it's becoming, it's December now, so it's getting close to Christmas time. I know that there's a lot of people that's going to be missed this year. There's people that's got families that uh, loved ones are gone, and they're not behind you no more than in front of you. And I praise God for his grace and his mercy and thank him for all he's done. I thank God for those that's decorated the church this week. It looks beautiful. Appreciate all the work that people do. But I've been looking back. I was thinking when Charlie and, and uh, uh, was here today, and I'm sorry, I just, you're broken. What's it? Joan. I keep, I keep looking. I know your sisters, and I keep wanting to not call you the wrong name. But I thought when they was here, we all grew up kind of in a, in a time. It's precious, this gospel that we live in, that we serve. It's our life. Amen. This gospel's precious. It's been precious ever since we were little children. We didn't realize how precious it was until we look at the years gone by and those that's gone on before us. And we see the great grace given by God, the great gift of eternal life that came into this world. And I said last week, there was never a greater day when the day that Jesus came into this life. And that birth of a, of a Savior that came into the world, what a gift it is for every one of us. What a precious time it is to be able to live the first time Sue said, born the first time and born the second time. That's what's the most important thing is being born the second time. I know you have to be born the first time to get to be born the second time. So it was a precious gift that God gave you life. It's a precious gift that your parents taught you about God or someone showed you Jesus and you found your way to him. Today I want to go to a uh, book in the Bible. I want to go to Psalms first. I want to go to Psalms 46. And I want to talk about the precious gospel that we are involved in today. And I want you to know that it's your time to serve him. It's your time to love him. It's your time to spread this gospel. Your time is running out for to serve him. Don't just get your feet wet, get all the way in. Get all the way in in this day and hour because that's what my message is going to be about today. And, uh, but I want to start in the 46th chapter of Psalms. I want to read something. In verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. How many knows we're living in a troubled time? We don't know from day to day what's going to happen. We don't know what our, our nation will actually stand for what's right today 
or whether or not. I, I know that some of this uh, election, you might, get my, you might get your feelings hurt at me, but I would tell you right now, I didn't vote for this abortion stuff that came about. I voted against it, and I praise God for Warren County and for Claremont County voting the right way. Okay, that's just my opinion. You don't like it, I'm sorry. If God calls you up here, you can say what you want to. I got my last chance to say it, so I'm saying it. You know why? I ain't looking at my rights. I'm looking at what he says. I can't get around what he says. I can't put myself in front of what he says. I have to follow what his word tells me. And... uh I know that the troubled times are here, but I want you to hear the next words of this book. In Psalms 46, 4, there is a river. I want you to hear it. DJ, I thought about asking you to sing about the river because that's what God laid on my heart this week. I could see the river. And it says, I spoke about the waters last year, the troubled waters, how John the Baptist and Jesus stood against the flow of what the world is doing. And that is our job, to stand against the flow. But I'm not talking about that flow of the water of this life. I'm talking about the flow that comes from the kingdom of heaven. And it comes out of God. I want you to understand where the river really runs from. It runs from God. Christian, it runs from the very gift of God. you got to understand what I'm telling you today. And it says, there is a river, the streams whereof shall make, uh, shall make glad the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her. And that right early. And the heathen raged, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now I want you to turn to Ezekiel, the 47th chapter. If you read in Ezekiel, you will find Ezekiel, one of those old prophets that spoke a lot of great things. In fact, he had visions, Randy, he had visions sometimes of things that just didn't seem to fit anybody at the time. But when he talked about the uh, Willie's dry bones live, I think Shiloh sings about the dry bones. You know what, there, there are so many things. I want you to understand, Ezekiel saw, listen to me, he saw the presence of God leave Israel. He saw it leave in the earlier parts, down around 8 through 11 or whatever it is there of Ezekiel, he watched the Holy Spirit take yourself away from Israel because Israel had been in such a disobedience, God was bringing them into bondage, into judgment, was coming upon them. But listen to me. Ezekiel writes in the 47th chapter something different. From the 40th to the 40th 7, he's talking about the temple being rebuilt. Now, I want to tell you something. God might come down and tell you you messed up. He might tell you that your life has been a wreck. You did everything wrong. But can I tell you something? If he's there to correct you, he's also there to restore you. Listen to what I'm telling you. He comes with hope for you for your tomorrow. No matter what you did or who you are, 
Here, we serve the God that brought us a chance of life. It says here in Ezekiel 47, verse 1, After he had brought me again into the door of the house. Now listen to this as an angel or some uh, being that brought Ezekiel and he's talking to him. And he brings him to this to the door of the house of the temple. He's been correct, showing him things all the way from the 40th through of what's going to be in the furniture of it. And can I tell you something? I want you to hear this real clear. Ezekiel proclaimed all this prophecy and it hasn't really came to pass as far as in the flesh. Okay? You didn't see that when Zerubbabel redid uh, the second kingdom. Solomon's kingdom fell. Solomon's temple fell. When Zerubbabel built up another temple, it wasn't the same. Even the elders kept saying, this is nothing like what Solomon's temple was like. It just is not fit. It's just not as beautiful. But can I tell you something? God was restoring. And when God restores, there's a beauty that doesn't have nothing to do with what you see with these eyes. It's not what man sees. It's not what's on the outside. It's what's on the inside that God's working on. And it says here in the 47, he says, he said, afterward he brought me again to the door of the house. Who's the door in the Bible? Most of the time it points to Jesus. I want you to see Jesus here because I think he's talking about a temple that stands much greater than anything that, the, that Israel had ever saw. Bigger than Israel had ever saw. I want you to hear this. It says, he brought him to the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. And from for, in a forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house and the, side, the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about to the way without utter unto the utter gate I know it's a lot of words by the way that looks eastward and behold there ran waters out of the right side now I want you to hear that because I want you to understand something when Ezekiel gets brought to the door all of a sudden he's standing before the door and water begins to issue out from underneath Water begins to pour. Only I want you to understand something. When a river starts and a river begins to, to shoot, it only goes so far and then it gets less and less. It don't get more and more. It gets less and less. But not this river. Not this that came out from under the temple of God. That's what I want you to hear. That's why I want you to see that door as Jesus you know why? Because I think he's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think there's a spiritual message in what Ezekiel is seeing here. And I think that's why God says it's so important. I'm going to spend eight, verse, eight chapters on telling you about it. And he brought to this climax to tell you what's happening. He's brought Ezekiel to it. And he's explaining that the water began to issue out. It began to flow. Verse 3, and when the man, listen to me, he was a man to Ezekiel. 
when the man that had, a, had a, the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters and the waters were to the ankles. Now, there's next two or three verses here is going to say something. And it sounds a little bit confusing, but I want you to hear something. Ezekiel is seeing it for the first time also. I want you to hear this. Ezekiel is looking upon this, and this man brings him there, and the man tells him, okay, let me get my measuring tape out. And he measured a 1,000 cubits. A 1,000 cubits, a cubit is about a, a foot and a half. So you're talking about 18 inches probably, roughly. I think it's from here to here is what they measured back then. They called it a cubit, and obviously some people's arms were a little shorter than others, and others Others were a little longer than others. But this cubit, if you would look at it, he measures four times a thousand feet. Four times means he went over a mile. It's 5280 is a mile. He went probably 6,000 6, feet. Now, you say, what does that mean? That means as the waters and he went further and further, they got bigger and bigger and bigger. And when he ended it, he ended it with a water so deep you couldn't pass it. You could just swim in it. And I want to tell you something. That to me is the gospel. And that to me is the Holy Spirit moving. And the Holy Spirit started when Jesus Christ came and paid the price and released the Spirit to you and I. When the power of the Spirit of God was sent by God and it was sent to dwell in you and I, all of a sudden the river of the Spirit of God is flowing to you and I. How can we look back and know that all of those loved ones that we used to sit as little kids and watch them worship God? I watched... Uh, the quartet down in Asbury sing those songs. Becky, I've sat there. I remember you sitting on the seat, just a little girl, and your feet would be swinging off the front watching Danny and Darlene singing, knowing every song they had. Sing it along with them. What am I talking about? I'm talking about something that the river was flowing then and the river's still flowing today. And it ain't getting weaker. It's getting stronger. The power of the Spirit of God is what we need in us. And I ain't ashamed to tell you, step into the water. Get out a little bit deeper. You need to. I need to. King family used to sing that song. Step into the water. Get out a little bit deeper. Come join the angels singing praises to his name. That's where we are. That's where we are. That's what we are to be. Don't be afraid. You didn't join a church. You didn't join a fellowship group. You joined the spirit of God. That's why we're not ashamed to let the Spirit of God have his way in this. I want him to come every week, even if I don't feel good, even if I feel defeated and maybe failed God. I still want to see this presence of God because he's the healer. Where he comes, life comes. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You and your family, if it starts in your family and you get saved, guess what? He's fixing to work on the whole family. 
because there's something about the power of the Spirit of God that moves in a soul and all of a sudden it ain't about your flesh no more. It ain't about your little wants and your little desires. It's about what he wants and, and what he desires. And all of a sudden you feel so special, Stephanie, you don't have no idea why. Why, God, did you love me? Why do you care about me? But he keeps on working. He keeps on. And we keep falling down and failing him, but we keep getting up. And he says, come on a little further. Get a little deeper. I think when, they, when he measured Ezekiel and he got into those ankle deep, I think that's where a lot of Christians are. They get saved. I got my ticket. I'm in the water. I got my, how many knows? Most of them still in the world. They ain't in the water. They just got their feet wet. They like the, they like the fact that they're forgiven. They like the fact that they're accepting what Jesus has given. So they stepped into the water. They accepted it. Praise God. That's a good thing. But how many knows? If you're going to live a Christian life, you're going to learn to grow up. You're going to have to learn to step out a little farther. God's not going to leave you sitting on the side of the, of the thing watching it. Somebody said it. Don't throw rocks. Don't sit on the sideline and throw rocks at somebody else. Get in the race yourself. Get in the water. Because that's where the gospel is going to shine in your life. That's where it's going to, God's going to be able to show the work he's going to do in you. Verse 4, and again he measured a thousand and brought me to the waters. The waters were knee deep. Sometimes that's Christians getting a little farther out there, Bobby. They start praying a lot more. They get down on their knees. They're getting down into the water. Is that, is that my idea? I don't know, maybe. I just thought, why would they mention the knees? Get on your knees and begin to pray. And then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will hit you. At times, he'll hit you and you say, oh, my goodness, this is too much. I can't do this. This has got to be for somebody else. I, I can only just pray. That's all I'm good for. But how many knows you're getting a little deeper? The waters came up knee deep. And then it says he pray, He takes him out again. Is it four, four? Yeah. Verse 4, to the knees, again, he measured a thousand and brought me through, and the waters were to the loins or to the waist. Now he's half in. Wow. Pull your drawers up, and you're half in. It's time to get busy for God. You're half in, but you're half out, too. And you know what? I'm sorry, but Christians are living there. I'm not your judge. God help me. I'm, I'm facing him every day myself. And I have to face him with the truth of what's going on in this body. How many knows? That's a strange message for an old prophet to hear. What kind of river is this? I've never seen a river like this. Number one, it's flowing out of the temple. You know, when you go back to Garden of Eden, did you know that the Garden of Eden had a river running to the garden? And it was coming out of the garden? And how many knows where the river flows, the trees grow? 
Isn't that precious? How many knows Garden Eden's a place to be? It was the place to be. It was special. You didn't have to do no work. It wasn't no nine to five, get up, go to work seven and eight, nine in the morning, spend all day there, never getting enough money. No, you got up and got your fruit and walked with God that day. What a day. The garden. And can I tell you something? God intends to bring us back to the garden. There is a, a, a temple. There is a, not, a, not the temple, there is a day coming when the millennial kingdom will be built. God's building a place. Jesus went away to build a place for you and I. And he'll come and receive his son himself and we will walk with him and we will talk with him and we'll sit on those banks where the trees grow from one, one side down the other. Twelve manners of fruit grow out of the same trees. You think God don't know what he's doing? You think God can't make eternity pleasant, exciting? We'll have to have new bodies to be able to handle it up there because we're going to be so excited we can't be still. You think they can't be still in church. You wait till they get there. If you're quiet, get over it. I've been quiet all my life, and you know what? I ain't got nothing to be quiet. I got everything to shout about. I got nothing to be sad about. I got all my tomorrows are in Jesus. He goes on to say in verse 5, After that he measured a thousand in a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And I want to tell you something, though. This gospel will change anywhere it goes. How many knows? You can flow it to the cursed any place in this world, and I promise you the Spirit of God will make a difference. Because the Spirit of God reaches in and touches lives. Jesus went out of his way to go to that woman in Samaria, to go to that well. We don't talk to Samarians. We don't, us Jews don't fool with those Samarians. Jesus went out of his way, sent his disciples off, and he got a hold of this woman coming to the well. And he looked at her as she went to draw water, and he said, give me to drink. She said, what, what is it you're asking me? You're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. You don't even talk to us. What do you mean? How many you know the story? Most of you know it's a fourth chapter of John. But what a precious story. Jesus goes out of his way. The Holy Spirit went out of his way to get a hold of you, whoever you are. Sometimes he had to drag you kicking and screaming. Sometimes he had to bring a little rain in your life. But can I tell you, he's getting a hold of you. And he's making you think a lot less of this life and a whole lot more of eternity. Lord, I'm just traveling through. This life's too short. I can't enjoy this world anymore. Verse 6, and he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to, to, uh, to return to the brink of the river. 
Listen, listen to the next verse. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. You think God made them grow quickly? Ezekiel's just seeing the vision of the water pouring out. Now he takes him back to this brink after he's waded out in the water so deep. Now he's brought him back and he sets him on the side and he sees trees lining up one way or the other. Why? Because God's building. God, the holy presence of God is building something Ezekiel is, is recording in his mind and writing it down for you and I. Verse 8, then said he unto me, these waters issue out toward the east country and go down to the desert, go into the sea, which is talking about the Dead Sea. How many knows what lives in the Dead Sea? Nothing. It's dead. Nothing lives in the Dead Sea until this happens. When this happens, there is no Dead Sea. It comes alive. You're going to hear this. It says, and it's and the Dead Sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that lives, which moves, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, and for they shall be healed. And everything shall live whither, where the river comes. And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from, in these words, Engedi, even to Enaglam. And I believe these are like undercurrent streams flowing into this Dead Sea. Okay? And it says, they shall be a place to spread forth nets. That's where they're going to catch the most fish. It says the fish shall be according to their kind as the fish of the great sea, talking about the Mediterranean, exceeding many. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. And there's one thing that doesn't get healed is that marsh area with the salt. Now some say when they did sacrifices, they used salt. They sprinkled salt. It's in the scripture. They sprinkled salt. So they, I don't know if he's saying that that's where they're going to have the salt. Because everything had to be completed. In verse 12, the last verse I'm going to read there. It says, and by the river upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaves shall not fade. Neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed it shall bring forth new fruit according to his months because the waters they issued out of where the sanctuary they came out from under the wall come out of the temple that's where the waters issued out how many knows that ain't normal it ain't normal for the water to come out of there what's normal is is the rivers that come from the mountains the waters but the truth is, this water is coming from above. This water is coming from God. He established this. What's he talking about? 
when the Holy Spirit, when Jesus came upon this life and he gave his, he paid our price and he broke that curse of sin and now the Holy Spirit begins to flow. And as the waters begin to flow, they go all across the nation. They go across the world. What he's talking about when he talks about it going down to the Dead Sea is this water is going to flow and it's going to come down through there, go all the way down to the Dead Sea. It's going to split off and go different places. But the Bible's telling through this that there's going to be a millennial time when the land around this is going to be a blessed land. How many knows Israel's having a hard time over there? But there's coming a millennial reign when Jesus Christ will sit on the, on the temp, up on the uh, throne of God and he will reign forever and ever. And when he does, there everything that, that is uh, the places where the water goes, it will live. It will restore. I think it's been odd that you got a dead sea sitting where it's sitting. Don't you think that's a little odd? I don't know that God didn't put it there just so he could write this down. Just so he could write, look, that dead sea, I'm going to heal it. I'm going to heal it. There's going to be fish galore coming out of it. Now, that's in our physical eye. But in the spiritual eye, the gospel is flowing. The river is flowing to every life all across the nations. The gospel is, you can go and the Bible says it. You can say, I don't like Muslims. I don't like this one. I don't like that one. You know what? I don't want them coming to our country and turning it into another country. I want to stay an American, and I want to stay with the gospel first front. And I know we got a lot of people that don't believe that. They've changed America to this diverse country, but I don't agree with that. I'm, I'm a stubborn person. I don't sit and hold my hold myself uh, to my what I think and what I believe the Bible's teaching. But I ain't no better than anybody. And when I read in the end of the times, it says there'll be people from all nations coming up to worship him. And that means look out because if you think you're better than somebody, you ain't. God has just blessed us to let the river flow through this area. They used to call this the Bible Belt area. Can I tell you something? It used to be the Bible Belt. I don't know if it's the Bible Belt area. They have told you to quit worrying about reading your Bible. You don't need that. You only need to get saved one time, and you don't never have to repent no more. And I'll tell you, that, that ain't true either. How many has repented again? I have. I repent. I repent when I know I'm wrong. And that's what God's demanding from every child of God. The Holy Spirit is there. Why would Jesus have it written down that we have an advocate with the Father? If you sin, you have an advocate with the Father. Why would we have that? Yeah, obviously, we sin and we need to repent. In Zechariah 14, he mentioned two verses. Zechariah, at the end of, of 14, it's, this is a prophecy, and I want you to understand some of the living waters from Jerusalem. Now, you know what? God had these things wrote down by his prophets, and I don't understand them all the time. 
sometimes I'll read them and I'll study them and I'll look and I'll listen to somebody's opinion sometime in a commentary and I'll look at it and I'll think, well, I don't know how they do that. That's jumping way out on a limb somewhere. And I can't hardly receive what they're saying. And I ain't nobody. You know, it ain't my education that I'm, uh, that I'm fighting with my, my brain over. I'm fighting because I want to believe what God's telling me. I want to see what God's showing me. But it says here in verse 8 of 14, it says, And it shall be in that day that the living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea and half toward the hinder sea. In summer and in winter shall it be, and the Lord shall be king over all the earth. And in that day there shall be one Lord and his name one. Coming out from Jerusalem. Did you know of all the famous places in Scripture? There's a whole lot of them that's got a river run right through the main city. Babylon. A lot of these have got great big rivers running right through the middle of them. And that's where they build them. Cincinnati's got a river running right, right, right next to it. You know they call that a blessed area when you've got a river running. But can I tell you something? God's going to bring its own river to Jerusalem. It ain't the Jordan. Jordan's east of it. There ain't no big river running through Jerusalem. But this new Jerusalem is coming. The prophets wrote about it. It's going to have a river running through it. It's the river of the presence of God. How much do we need what Jesus said? I go away that I may send a comforter. The comforter that comes and he speaks to us. John 16 talks about he will reprove us of righteousness, of sin, and of judgment. He will correct us. What is the Holy Spirit to us? He's my friend. He goes along my paraclete. He goes alongside. He's with me everywhere I go, no matter where I go. He's with me. We need just exactly the gospel set up just like Jesus set it up. Quit letting man change it to something different. Quit letting some religion tell you you can do it a different way. You can't do it a different way. You follow what his, his Bible tells you. Jesus asked the woman at the well, give me to drink. Verse 10 of John's 4. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of me, and he would, give, he would have given thee living water. How many knows what living water is? It's the very presence of God in you. Listen to me. Who had the living water? Jesus had living water. He told that woman, you drink of this water and that well there, you're going to thirst again. But I'll give you water that you'll never thirst again. 
me tell you something. I wrote something down. What is the living water? Jesus is the living word. Now listen to me. The words that come to these ears and come to our spirit, how many knows they feed us? We're, we're receiving the drink and the food because Jesus is the bread of life and he's also the spirit that for anyone that thirsts. But it says Jesus is the living word and the Bible is the written word. If Jesus tells you something, do it. If the Bible tells you something, do it. How many knows what's behind it? The Holy Spirit, it will satisfy our spiritual thirst. Amen. And it will do it continually. Listen to me. It ain't going to do it just one time and then leave you out to starve or to, or to dry up. No, it's a continual flow of the presence of God. That's why it's so important that you have a talk with the Lord. And it's also important that you read his word. Why? Because he is the living water and the Bible is written from the living word. It's written because God had sent it down and it is, a, it is what Jesus fulfilled. He fulfilled every, every, every part of it. He is what we live for. He is what flows through us. He's the power that we need. He's the strength that we need. If this gospel is going to continue, we have to. Christian, listen to me. I don't care how old you are or what you ever thought you did right or wrong. Listen to me. Go a little deeper. Go a little deeper. Get out of the ankle water and go a little deeper. Say, Lord, I want to get to the knees. I want to get to the waist. Why didn't, the, why didn't that man just say, Ezekiel, go right on over there. There's a big old river. Jump in it. No, because God's so gracious. The Holy Spirit's so gracious. We ain't ready. When we're ready, he moves us out. And he begins to show us, you thought you could never do this. You thought you couldn't live for God. You thought, I can't measure up. I can't witness. I can't do this. I can't pray. My prayers don't go no higher than, no, than the, the ceiling here. So why would I pray? Let me tell you something. You get hungry and you get thirsty to hear what Jesus is speaking to you personally. And I promise you, when he begins to speak to you, it'll drive you forward. That's a continuation. He's continually desiring to speak to his children. Isn't he? That's what he's working on. He's working on every one of us. Satisfied continually. The woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou the living, that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself, his children, and his cattle? 
Jesus answered and said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. See, we tell people, just try it sometime. Go tell somebody I'm a saint of God. They're going to look at you like, yeah, sure. But I'm going to tell you something. God puts holy presence of God is in us. He's called the Holy Spirit. He's not just a spirit that makes you feel good. He's the holy presence of God dwelling and living inside of us. It is in us and it will bubble up. Sometimes you feel defeated. Sometimes you look at your family and you say, Lord, I, I failed you. I didn't do the right things. I didn't teach my children right. I didn't teach my, my son or my daughter right. No matter what you defeat yourself, understand that he's able to work on it. He's able if you'll just surrender it to him. Say, Lord, I need you. I need you like I've never needed you again. I need you. The woman said, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come thither to draw. What did Jesus say to her? Go get your husband. How many knows words is how he reaches you and me? Listen to what I'm telling you. It was the words of the gospel. DJ read it about the Beatitudes this morning. It is the words of the gospel that strikes to the depths of our heart and begins to show us we're lost without him. Then when he comes and he offers forgiveness, who are we? What do you mean he can erase what I did? He said, I'll forgive you, and I'll forget it. Cast it in the sea of forgetfulness. Never to be remembered against you again. you got to believe it. you got to believe he is who he is. Why would he write all of these things? Why would people live for the last 2,000 years trusting in what this Bible says? For us to turn around and, and our world to say, we don't need that old gospel no more. No, we got a new way to doing things. I'm going to tell you something. I need the old way. I need to be on my face before him, crying out. I praise God, David. I was there the day you got saved. I was there when Timmy got saved. I remember the days. And I've seen the Holy Spirit working on them. And I praise God that he's worked on them. And I praise God that my daughter knows about him, whether she's living it or not. I know that the truth has rang clear. I don't know of anybody that God don't love, that God's waiting on us. To bring them the truth of the gospel. Becky, come back up.
Jesus told the truth to the lady. He began to tell her her life. You've had five husbands and the one you're with is not your own. And she's began to accuse him of being a prophet. But on down in the 25th verse of John 4, it says, The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. How many knows he did tell her all things? Isn't that special? She's proclaiming that when the Messiah comes, he'll tell us those things. And Jesus looks right and says to her on the 26th, Jesus said unto her, I am, I that speak unto thee am he. He told her right out, I am the, I am the Messiah. I am the, the president. You know what the Messiah and Christ means? Those two words mean one thing, the anointed one. What's he anointed with? The power of the Spirit of God was upon him. He was anointed. How many knows when Jesus came by, the Spirit of God came to you? Amen. Spirit of God has come and he's called your name. He's saying in a matter what you did, no matter where you've been, get in the water, begin to wade out a little deeper. Get into the love of Jesus. Get into the spirit of God. It's the only thing that's going to be for eternity. It's going to flow forever. Revelation 22 says, and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Then it talks about the trees of life and they on the street of it and said they bear 12 manners of fruit every month. Jesus in verse 16 of 22 says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root of the offspring of David, the bride and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. How many knows what the spirit of God is saying today? He's telling the church, he's telling the people, come. Come now, get in the water. Come. Listen to what God is saying because he has provided. The Holy Spirit is flowing over and over and over and it's getting deeper and deeper. The farthest you want to go, you can go into the water with him till you're just completely covered. It says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely. We're going to partake of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life, the rest of our life. He's going to dwell in it. What is this mystery of this gospel? The mystery is that he can live in us. Praise God. I'm glad when I look back. I see Christians that I, I thought they was perfect. I didn't know they were actually normal people. They were just so 
spiritual. They were so happy to be Christians. I've watched Brother Leo personally run and jump, and I've watched him, and he didn't have, he couldn't get two words together, but he was running and jumping and shouting the whole time he was running. You think he wasn't happy with what was going on inside of him? He was. I've seen it. And I didn't understand it all then. But I understand when the Spirit of God comes in and begins to hold you as his own. Oh, Lord, help me to be that sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Help me, Lord. I ain't nobody. I'm not trying to show off for nobody. I want to shine for you, Jesus. I want you to reach somebody. It matters what you do. It matters where you live. It matters to your children, to your parents, to your loved ones. Everybody stand if you will. There is no greater gift in this life than the gospel of Jesus Christ. God sent his only begotten son to bring the gift to all who will come. If you're hungry or thirsty to have him in your life, all you got to do is come and receive him. Watch what he does in you. Watch how he begins to flow inside of you. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to reach you. He already knows all about you. He loves you anyway. Praise God. You need to pray. If you need to get a little deeper, step into the water. Wade out a little deeper. Don't worry about it. The people next to you need to do the same thing, so don't worry about it. Don't worry about what they think. Praise God. You come while they sing something. Keep 
through me. 